We're about to kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, brought to you by the fine folks over at, where else? Geekinthecity.com. If you enjoy this show, and I think you do, the best way to help us out is just spread the word. Uh, tell everybody that you enjoy listening to Geek in the City Radio on whatever social media platform you use, as well as giving us a five-star review on sites like iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Those reviews go much farther than you would ever imagine in helping us climb the metrics, which uh, just gets us more listeners, which just makes us a bigger and more nerdier family for everyone to enjoy, which we're going to do right now with an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. And I'm one of your other hosts, Rita. And I am your other, other host, Cable Hashitani. How's it going, everybody? Oh. Yeah? That I'm good, s- huh? I'm sun-tired. Oh, right, because you are, uh, you're working your, your, your jobs jobs now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was 80 plus degrees out today, which is not terrible, and you'd think like, oh, well, you're in the car and the car has AC. But if you're stopping and pulling over and getting out every five minutes and you're outside of your car, you know, it's turned off for just long enough, like your car never actually gets and stays cool. Correct. That's, that's not being in your car and in the AC. No, no, it's it's not great. I'm, I'm so it, it was so hot and I'm tired and I just need like a sun nap. I know it's the worst. Um, but hey, at least the car has, you know, AC. That's true. That's true. I've, I've, I've taken the van on deliveries and it, it doesn't have AC. Yeah, it does. Not very good AC. Not great, but, but. And again, you're in and out constantly. True. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of the, t- I feel like I always end up with delivery routes where it's like 20 minutes between stops, but that's, that I don't know. Help. I don't know what that's about. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, it's a, it's been a weird week, and I realize it's Tuesday, but I mean, like, in general, the past seven days. Right, um, since we all were last here. Yes, yeah, yeah. For, on my end, the official job hunting continues to, to no avail. Granted, I've right. only been only looking for, like, three weeks, but still, it's frustrating. Yeah. And what's funny is, like, everyone's talking about how no one wants to come back to work. The jobs are still shit. And, right, well, <laughs> that, no, that's yeah, just but, it. It's, it's but, there's plenty of work out there if you want to work for less than minimum wage, which is the only work that keeps getting promoted. It's like, well, we just can't find any. It's like because you're a shitty job. Right, right, but they can't all be shitty jobs. So yes, they can. It's capitalism. <laughs> 
Um, if it is not a job that says, here's a livable wage, here's like an amount of money that you can make a month and pay your rent and not work a second job in order to pay for groceries and all of your utilities. Also, here are all your benefits. Also, here is your vacation time. Also, here is your sick, sick leave. Yeah. If it's not doing any of that, it is a shitty job. They're all shitty jobs. There maybe, are maybe varying, I took the last non-shitty job in town. I don't there know. are are varying degrees of non-shitty. Right. right. Well, I mean, also don't forget to add in the factor of like uh, it meets all of those requirements, but also it's not so stressful that you hate your life. Right. Because I had yeah. one of those too. I had a very good paying job, but apparently it was killing me slowly. So. Right. It's because it. it it's that whole thing about like what did i see recently um the thing about how no one wants to be uh, teachers or doctors or or this or that and it's like because you have devalued all of those jobs so they don't Mm -hmm. make any money so we have to take jobs that do nothing but further capitalism as opposed to educate and now we have the gig economy the gig economy is awful I mean, there's a certain part of it that that's why I still have a hard time using anything that's part of the economy. Like, I don't want to do Airbnb. I've taken a handful of lift rides in my adult life. So, all right, but we are we are in fact live now, and our and our friends are here already. Hey, hi, friends. Just what I was about to vent about the issues I'm running into on job hunting. And I think I'm going to anyway, because this needs to be said. Not that anyone here who listens to the show is probably in this position to start making these changes, but. So I have been looking at and potentially applying to many marketing jobs, like copywriting, marketing, stuff that I have been doing for years for local businesses that have helped them out a lot. And then COVID when COVID hit, the first thing to get cut was the marketing budget, which meant me. Uh, <laughs> so I'm seeing these jobs again coming up. And these are jobs that pay between forty-five to like 75000 a year, depending on the company size, which actually isn't all that great. Considering that like, anyone with marketing's got a degree and they have to bring all these things to it and they want work samples of your previous marketing things. Um. The thing that infuriates me, unless you are a tiny, tiny business and you admit to your to your potential applicants, we are brand new. We understand that we're having to wear many hats right now. We won't stay that way. I can live with that. But if you're marketing yourself as like this really good local company that has these great values and we need a great marketing person to build our team, on the job listing... Don't also say applicant not only needs to have good marketing skills and understand analytics and all that stuff and trends and social media, that's all the marketing stuff. But then don't throw in, should be experienced in photography and videography, should be experienced in graphic design, should have experience in Photoshop. Those are three different fucking jobs. Yes. You are not the only person I've seen talking about this. It is rampant right now. They are expecting Mm -hmm. a marketing person to be a videographer, a photographer, a graphic designer, and also the marketing part. Those are different jobs. Those are three different jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
wholly different duties, responsibilities, training. Yeah, and it is just driving me bonkers. Um, same with companies that do not put salary expectations on their job thing. That is 100% so they can low volume. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or they can get the person who is so desperate for a job. They're like, oh, I'll do it for 35000 a year. Knowing that that job is should be paying more. No one's going to ever listen to me, but do not apply for jobs that do not give their salary requirements. Just don't. They're going to screw you. They want you to lowball. All of those should start at 65. Yep. Minimum. Anyway, that's my little rant. Probably guaranteed that anyone who was like, he does this show. I wonder what he's like as a marketing person. I'm all like, it's a bag. Or it does give me a job. Who knows? I want to hire that eat a bag man. (laughs) <laughs> he tells it like it is i don't but whatever i don't know i i've i've still gone for jobs that don't tell you right away what the pay is but i i am very clear about like this is the window of money i need this many dollar hairs to to agree to any of this right and uh you know and then they can take it or leave it i mean sure and I also don't mind ones that post, um, you know, salary is um, an industry standard because there are places you can go and get accurate industry standard pay, you know, the range. Okay, that's fine too. Because then I, because they all want you to give them a number and they're all really, really hoping you go so much below what they're willing to do. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, the other I one have- is DOE. Yeah, piss off, DOE. I'm like, I've never gotten that. I've never been offered the top range DOE, and I have so much E, you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's. Yeah, and whenever you say like, I see a lot of hourly jobs. It'll be like you know, uh, pay range is fifteen dollars an hour up to twenty an hour, depending on experience. And I'm like, they're not bringing anybody in at twenty ever, 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 ever. Nope. That's just a sucker you into like, oh, I could start at 20 bucks an hour. They're not going to do that. Nope. Yeah, nope. Anyway. anyway. The, job market, the job market sucks. It's not great. No, it's... Uh, hey, on the show, besides complaining about capitalism, we're going to talk about Star Wars and Loki again. We're going to keep giving <laughs> Disney free free content or free support from whatever. It is the summer. There's not really a lot else we could be talking about right now. Well, although <laughs> a couple of years ago, it would be like, we could talk about movies that are hitting in theaters or events or conventions and we're still not there. So we would have all gone to see Black Widow in the theater over the weekend with each mm-hmm. other, most likely. Yeah, yeah probably. I think uh, it's close to going. But then mm-hmm. I slept in. Yeah, I'm still not. I'm. I. I managed. I, I managed an outdoor barbecue party this weekend, so oh, yeah. I'm still not at. I'm still not at theater. Um, yeah, I get that. But again, like if I'd have gone, it'd have been like at ten thirty at a matinee when there's like me and like three other nerds that think just like me. Sure. There's nobody there then. then okay. Like it, if I was available on a. Tuesday at 11 o'clock. Yes, that, that would be fine because yeah. then it would be the theater for one. Um, yeah, I'm trying to save up all my mojo for 
sitting in a theater for when Shang Chi arrives. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna hold out, yeah. God damn which it! Steamu Long did a Fast and Furious. He just put Vin Diesel in a Shang Chi cast and says, "Yeah, I saw that." <laughs> um, I forget though if Snake Eyes comes out before Shang Chi, both of which are high on my man. I must watch. I saw another trailer for Snake Eyes, like on TV of all things, because I don't mm-hmm. really watch regular television. But I was watching the Euro Cup finals, <laughs> whatever on was it Sunday. And you know, soccer, you get all of your ads in the break in the half because they don't stop. So you get twenty, you get fifty minutes worth of ads, and the rise and the the Snake Eyes movie, a new trailer on there. I was like, man, that looks sharp. So did you? Um... There is a tweet from Larry Hama that went around. No. Larry Hama got to see see the movie. Oh, sweet. Did he like it? Oh, he fully endorses it. Nice. He's like, it is not the story that I wrote. It is not the backstory that I came up with. It is, however, faithful to the character of Snake Eyes and modernizes it for the audience of today in a way that I can respect. It's like cool. it's got Joe's in the form of Scarlet. It's got Cobra in the form of the Baroness. It's it's a great martial arts movie. All of okay. the character, it's like all of the actors that they brought in give gravitas to the characters that needed it. Nice. So, yeah, if Larry, Larry Hama says it's fine, it's it's fine. Yeah. And he ought to know. And I don't feel like he would be towing any company line if he didn't like it. He maybe, maybe not just wouldn't say anything. Yeah. Or be like, what do you think of it? You know, Mr. Hama, no comment. Like that, I feel like, like well, that it was, was a movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, every story I've heard about Larry Hama tells me that he is n- not a bullshitter. No. In that way. Yeah. Well, and it, that's, it's a pretty no-nonsense review. He's not like, I loved it. It was great. He's like, it's not what I would have done. It's, you know, it, but it's got it's got what it needs, and it was an enjoyable film. No, it was specifically it's not what he's already done. Right. Sorry, <laughs> I was just paraphrasing. Yeah, but yes, that he, like, he liked he's, it. So. That he already did for like what two hundred and thirty issues or some crazy mm-hmm. amount, long time. Did he ever write for the IDW stuff? Did he ever pop over and do a couple stories? I don't know. I don't either. Hmm. Um, I think I think Snake Eyes is before Shang Chi. I don't know why. I just think that. Mm. I think you're right. I feel like I actually feel like Snake Eyes is this month. Yeah. The um, other thing that I'm really trying to hold myself together for for in theater seating is the HP Lovecraft Film Test. Ooh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's October. Did you get your patches? Yes, in that I saw Andrew Migliori today. <laughs> well, that's how you got your passes. I wasn't asking. He's just like, oh, sure, you're done. I'm like, did, did you I remind said, him you've got co-hosts? <laughs> no, I was going to remind my co-host that we should have uh, Gwen and Brian on. Oh, yeah, totally. To talk about it. We definitely should, because I don't. And then I think we, we've done that once. Yes, we have. Did we do it for Lovecraft or for horror? For horror fest. I don't remember. I don't remember either. 
Yeah. Doesn't matter. We should have them on. Mm-hmm. Go away. Yeah, that'd be cool. I haven't been to Lovecraft in years. Neither have I. Yeah. Be it's cool been it's been a decade. Oh wow. It's been that long for me, but close. Like I haven't gone the entire time I've worked at Guardian, and that's been seven and a half years. And I know that I missed a few years before that. Why did I right. miss the years before that? Fright Town. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. That's why you used to be never be available in October. Oh, and then Zach uh, is also mentioning, uh, don't they also do the Erotic Horror Film Fest? I don't think so. I... I'm not one. I'm not the one to answer that. I don't. I don't know how to. You're gonna have to narrow that down. Oh, which, which erotic horror film fest? <laughs> the one in Portland. I don't... <laughs> uh... Narrow it down. <laughs> See, erotic seeing... horror. I did. I did say erotic horror film fest. Right. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Still need to narrow it down. <laughs> Can you can you please I feel like there are two of them. Oh hi cat. It's cat day. Apparently. It's cat day. Yeah. Somebody got switched to like wet food from a can instead of dry kibble and she's been a really picky bitch about it. Uh, so now she just wants me to give her treats. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so sorry, Aaron, if you have to like edit the audio because you hear (laughs) that's that's my cat. Sorry. That's that's fine. Whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I don't know the erotic film fest, but I'm not sure. All right. uh, maybe maybe uh, he Zach says maybe he's maybe he needs to do some more research. I think what he's talking about is uh, the Gingall fest. Oh, but that's not specifically erotic. It's just a horror film fest. Correct, and it is not run by the folks no. that run the HP Lovecraft Film Fest. Yeah, no. I mean, it's based on the Guignol Theater, which usually just involves blood and tits, which is mm-hmm. kind of what it does. Uh, I do know who runs that, and they are former members of Fright Town. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I, because I the horror community... Is just as incestuous as the comic book industry. As, as anyone else. Yep. Right. Yeah, uh, I think I yeah. met them briefly the year that I participated in a in the making of a Guignol film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are also like, I mean, horror in this town is there's like twelve people that you need to know. If you don't know at least half of them, then you don't actually know anybody in horror in this town. I think that's fair. Yeah, Yeah, it's probably true. And we know half of them. (laughs) That is also true. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, those are things we would be doing if it was a regular summer, Bean. Yes. Right. (laughs) Go away. Uh, Well, do we want to just dive into like, what do you want to do first? Do you want to deal with the TVA or do you want to deal with the Empire? Both are evil. They were both really good episodes, so I'm like, mm, where they were. They were hurt? both dense episodes. Yeah, very dense. Well, um, I don't know about. I don't know if I would have described the Bad Batch episode as dense, but there's 
there's a lot that you can do to tangentially with that one. And so let's start, let's start with the bad batch. Okay. Okay. So I, to recap, this is almost an episode, not of the bad batch because they show up once. They were bad adjacent. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and they are, they're simply doing a side hustle for Sid dropping off guns to freedom fighters. This is actually about the um, planet of Ryloth yeah. and the Twi'lek population and how they are becoming accustomed to the new empire. Or not. As it were. Or not. Mm. And as a lot of people may remember from Clone Wars, the Ryloth was going through some shit yeah. during Clone Wars. That- uh, it's what happens when your planet is on, like, on a major trade route between mm-hmm. two powers. So I believe yeah. that episode was called uh, The Devil's Deal. I think something like that, yeah. Um, and we get to see some some more, or again, familiar faces. That was exciting. Is that the word you use? I, I immediately just felt crestfallen. <laughs> like, Why? Uh, because this is clearly part one of a two-part, and I really don't it was hard enough starting this series watching Caleb Doom watch his master get killed. I don't want to watch Harrison do a loser mom. I don't want to watch that. Oh, is that what happens? And I yeah. think is that's this, exactly is this when what's it happens. Going to happen. uh, yes. well, you think we're getting a second shit. part to this? Yeah, I yeah. do. Oh. I mean it doesn't uh, really if, it, if you're not going to get more of her backstory, then they could have just put anybody into this plot. Yeah. Versus rather than a, a familiar character. I also am starting to wonder how much of the Bad Batch is being used to prime people for upcoming live stuff like Book of Boba, the Rangers, because it's probably still going to happen. Season three of The Mandalorian. All of it. Yes. Right. I'm like, oh, we're going to see an adult. We're going to see an older Hera eventually. Like, she's going to show up. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, in that timeline, spoilers if you haven't finished Rebels, by the book of Boba and... No. Wait. When does she have it? Seriously, spoilers if you haven't seen the end of Rebels. Okay. You can't cover your ears with your headphones, Bean. I know, but the uh, alternative is to take them off. The very ending of Rebels, is that, like the very, very end, is that post-Jedi? We don't know. It is post-Jedi. We, post. we don't know when. Okay. It, it's a, but the time period needed is plenty for there to be the character that you're talking about. Right. That, were inter- um, that literally you're introduced in the final episode like really fast. Oh shit! Yep. Yeah. God damn it! I gotta finish that show. Yes, yeah, you, you do. do. I know. I know. Um, First. Yeah. Yeah. Because that would make them older. Not like older, older, but like N- not by much. Like right. these people are all peers. Like. Uh, but not that one tiny character I'm referencing. Like, literally the smaller version. No, they would be about five years old. Right. 
was saying. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Hera would be in her 40s. Like Ahsoka is in her 30s. Boba's supposed to be in his 40s. Um, By the Mandalorian timeline. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That which is right. Which is when, like, Book of Boba Fett, right? Mandalorian and Rangers are all and Rangers. still this, and Ahsoka are all the same timeline. Right. Yeah, they're all within this one, mm-hmm. like, super chaotic moment, which is actually a fun moment in the Star Wars universe to explore. The New Republic really hasn't solidified any form of power except maybe in some of the core worlds. Yep. You know, we've still got, you know, I mean, we've still got the Imperials running around. So, I mean, so. One of these days, I'm just going to print out a big, on on the longest piece of paper I can find, or just like tape a bunch of them together and just like map out the Star Wars timeline so I can visually see it whenever I want. I know it's on the internet. I've pulled it up. I've watched like hour long videos about the timeline, but that's, I can't retain that much lore. No, I think you can just. And I want to be able to quick reference it. I think you can just go to like starwars.com and there's literally, I think one of the things is like, here's an image. Like literally it's a a break. This whole time. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen multiple timelines. The trick with me is if I'm not charting that out, if I'm not writing that down, it doesn't stick. If I'm just reading it. Right. Uh, If I like it's why I can write an entire grocery list out by hand and then forget it at home and get everything that was on the list from memory. That's how I used to study. I'm like, I don't like pour over my books over and over again. I take notes while I'm reading my text and then Mm -hmm. maybe I'll review my text and I'll highlight key elements. So I'm like super like, it's super reductive. Like I write down highlights from the text and then I highlight highlights from my notes. And so right. it's like 10% of the information, but it's what you need to, to keep it in your brain. Um, we also learned uh, chopper, still a murdered bot. Or that always was, was, that was another thing that I wasn't quite ready for. It's like, Oh, Oh wait, you discovered chopper when you were a kid. <laughs> right. Oh, that's even heavier. Like that means she was a child and is in possession of a droid with PTSD. Yeah. So like, where did he come from before that? He, he was a Y-wing droid. Yeah. He's old during the clone wars. Um, so he's been around. He's been around a long time. Like he's, he's never been least, mind wiped. He's two generations um, ahead of R2-D2's model of astromech. Mm. Ahead or behind? I mean... Uh, Back. Yeah. Proceeding. Pre- predates. Yes. Yeah. He is an earlier model by at least two models. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and he has never been mind-wiped and ma- memory-wiped. Mm-hmm. And that messes with droids. Like that, we see it over and over again. That's <laughs> it's funny t- watching things like uh, Westworld, mm-hmm. where they kind of touch on why it's important to wipe memory on synthetic beings. Is that at least in the the, the thesis of Westworld? 
humans have imperfect memories. They remember th- elements. Bits and pieces. But it's clearly in the past. They know that it's, it's not right now. When you are a machine that has perfect memory, you cannot discern past, present, and future from when it's occurring because to you, all of those things happen right now. Right. They have the e- they have equal amount of um, clarity in your mind. Mm-hmm. So the question of is this now is relevant to androids, androids of any type, right? So, <clears throat> sorry, yeah. I may have I may have finished the last season of Westworld yesterday, and that's, I haven't that's watched any of Westworld, so. It's asking some interesting questions. I know. It's, it's a, one of those things. It's a I'll get to it show. It's mm-hmm. really good. It's, it's very, very good. Yeah, it's a I'll get to it show. I know. It's worthwhile to get to, like, getting to it now because there is a fourth season coming, but we don't know when. Soonish. Mm-hmm. So you can easily mainline uh, the first three. All right. We'll check it out. Yeah. But yeah, it was nice to see Chopper. I just, mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel so bad for that droid. And I <laughs> did not like it at the beginning of Rebels because it's just like, why, why is this, why, why do we just have this irritating, grumpy old droid? And as you learn his backstory, it's like, oh, you're, you're, uh, you're messed up, but yeah. you're not like, you're not just an angry murder bot. You have, you're reacting to <laughs> things. Yeah. You're reacting to a lot. Unlike R2, who is just a murder bot. He is a murder bot. <laughs> he loves murdering people. And then beep booping about it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like that. Um, yeah, it was a good episode, considering the Bad Batch weren't really even in it. Um, I really enjoyed the interaction between Hera and Omega on the ship. Yeah, it was, that was real. Great. It was real sweet. It was real nice. Um, she doesn't get to interact with kids that often, and so she does not always have a very childlike perception of the world. Mm-hmm. And and that can be a little bit sad because children have a a much more positive and hopeful perception of the world. Mm-hmm. It's just like a little more like whimsy to it, you know, like oh, flying is a feeling. Right. And, and an adult might not, maybe, maybe they started out that way, but you know, the real world drills all of that out of you. And you're like, you push the buttons, you read the book, we go, right. let's go. Well, and she's also a clone, which means she's genetically created to, I know what this does. What do you mean? There's a feeling to it. Mm-hmm. I've been, I've been genetically coded to mm-hmm. figure this stuff out. Right. Um, they kind of remove the sense of wonder from the clones, which is why when they break away, they can start to have those moments, but it doesn't come naturally to them, you know? Almost just stepped uh, on my own dog's head. I just, I love that part. She's like, this is my room, you know, when we're not getting shot at or chased. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of, it was very sweet. I thought that whole interaction was, and it just made me go, oh, oh, we're going to get to see both of you in live action, aren't we? That's gonna be yeah, cool. I think so. <laughs> and like it, all of these roads lead to Thrawn. Yeah, and I feel like they're just generating all of these characters that we're 
that some we already know and love, some we're getting to know and we love, and then there's going to be a war with Thrawn and not everyone is going to make it out. (laughs) Yeah, I think the only thing that kind of bugs me about what we're going to get with creating like some really good characters that you're now connecting with all these characters, you know, coming out of like the Filoni verse as it were, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, is that like in the end, we still know that there's the sequel trilogy out there. So like, it's all going to feel like for not unless whatever Filoni has planned, whatever these live action movies have planned, eventually start to break away from the mechanisms of what becomes the new order and the resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way, it's funny, even though Filoni's creating all these characters that are from the past, his version of Star Wars, along with the crew that, you know, the writers that work with them and the directors and whatnot, is actually moving Star Wars forward. Yeah. I mean, there are moments of the sequel trilogy that I adore, mainly all of The Last Jedi. But those three movies are just a nostalgia bath. That's that's all they are. Apart from some of the stuff Ryan Johnson asks in The Last Jedi, we're just, hey, you liked this 40 years ago? You're going to like it again. Yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, you didn't move anything forward. Like, um, you made Vader's sacrifice at the end of Jedi, his actual redemption moment, utterly pointless. The Emperor didn't die. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah uh, it's true. All, all of it, all of it became pointless. Uh, it, um, and you know, Abrams has this thing about not liking couples to be happy. So of course, he then makes Solo and Leia estranged because you know why would they? I, yeah. This will quickly become an Abrams rant for me if I'm not careful. All right, which, so moving of which on. Denise is sick of. <laughs> Well, what else do we have to say about this episode specifically? I I still think it's part one of two. You think I so? Think. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Like they've been very good about we're not telling you what next week's about. So maybe it'll be back to normal, or maybe we're going to see Hera's mother get killed. I don't. Oh. <laughs> uh, did you kind of notice this also on this episode? Um. Uh, why am I going blank on the quote evil clone? Um, not Echo. Um, Prosser. Prosser, thank you. Mm. Have you noticed that his Stormtrooper uniform is getting darker and darker? Mm-hmm. Like physically, like it's like a dark gray now. Like, is he going to lead into the Death Troopers eventually? Is, like, is that one of Filoni's kind of like... Maybe? You know. Because... There's a few times, even now, the clones are not still completely cool. Uh, that, the Stormtrooper clones. Mm-hmm. There's been times you've seen them kind of like hesitate of like, oh, wait, the people in Ryloth were like our allies. But Crosshair has no problem pulling that trigger. Nope. Um, and it's always kind of implied that, at least well, what we saw in Rogue One, like the Death Troopers are worse than regular Stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. You know, Hence why they had no problem. Like, yeah, I'll fight the kid and kill it. Sure. No problem. Done. Talk to mom. Let's go shoot the kid now. Um, so, I don't know if that's just a weird little thing he's leaning into. 
What was the name of the clone that uh, was stationed on Ryloth? Uh, um... I forgot. Oh, uh... But he gave himself a name, so he's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he clearly has doubts about this. Yes. Yeah. But I forgot his name also. Sorry. I, I feel like he's going to become a part of uh, Rex's resistance. Yeah, you think so? I didn't end up reading it, but now I wish I had. I saw a headline that like was like, oh, this is a hint that this this particular clone trooper is, is going to have a more significant role. And I'm I assuming say, like, it's, it's that they had a name for him. Hugo or Hugh, but I'm, I could be way off. Bex, I think she starts with an H, and that sounds kind of right. Mm. Back. Um, yeah, I think it was a really solid episode. And we've got, that was episode 11 or 12? 11. 11. So we've got five more to go in this season. They're just flying by. Well, not as much as our next one we're going to talk about. Oh, man. Loki, we got one <laughs> more to go. Well, we have one since we record the show literally one week before, yeah, we, are, we have one more to go. Um, man, shit went down in uh, episode five of Loki. There is so much that happens in this episode. Yeah, uh, and it felt very full and complete, if that makes sense. Like, there was Hauser no... was that guy's there... name. What was it? Sorry, I just found it. Hauser. Hauser. I thought you said hoser for a minute. I'm like, also oh, yes. next, the next episode is called Rescue on Ryloth. I'm sorry. Called it. Oh yeah, moms. I'm. Hera's gonna watch Mama die. Oh man. Yeah, Hera's. She's gonna get bambied. Ah. She still has her dad, whom she later is estranged from. <laughs> This is a good spot to take a break and talk about our sponsors. First up is Bridge City Comics. You can find them at 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon. They are one of Portland's greatest comic book shops. And in this town, that is really saying something. Um, so by the time you're listening to this little ad break here, the odds are very high you have seen the season finale of uh, Loki on Disney+. Plus. And if you have many, many questions as to what has happened or what is going to happen and everything that happened on that episode, uh, if you don't want to wait for future Marvel movies and Marvel shows and you want a little hint, well, guess what? Most of that's going to be in the comics or at least the inspiration for many of the things we saw in this uh, season finale will be in the comics. So go to Bridge City Comics and, you know, when you see, you know, Michael or anyone else who's working there right now, say, okay, I wrapped up Loki, I am fascinated, now what? And they will help you out. That is the joy of your local comic store, but that is especially the joy of Bridge City Comics. They will steer you in the right direction while you wait for the next MCU movie, or like really anything. I mean, go to the source. Go to those uh, Go to those books that have now inspired these massive, massive events uh, and billion-dollar franchises that don't trickle down to the creators. Anyway, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, check it out. Bridge City Comics, they are comics for the people, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue in Portland, Oregon, Bridge City Comics. And before we get back to it, we're going to talk about Guardian Games. The uh, So the reviews on Adventures in the Forgotten Realms from Magic are pretty sweet, even from like super cynical people that were not a big fan of uh, D&D's 
uh, dipping its uh, vorpal sword into the into the realm of magic. Um, but uh, yeah, it's getting really good reviews. It looks amazing. Um, it's probably going to it's shaping up to be one of the best ways to play commander. This is a long way to say that if you want to get back into magic or you're curious about magic because you've been playing D and whatever. This is the perfect time. So check out Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They have been our longest sponsor. Uh, they continue to sponsor us, and we have many amazing things planned in the relatively near future. So when you are shopping at Guardian Games, uh, no matter who you're speaking to, they ask, hey, what brought you in today? I mean, yeah, it's like, well, I want games, because I heard about you on... Geek in the City Radio. I almost forgot the name of my own show for just a minute there. That's why you shouldn't ever cut commercials without having your coffee. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. They have been with us the longest, and they are one of the best. Like our buddy, Nat West of RevNats Comics, who uh, has loaned us some equipment so we can continue to sound good while we record in our various home locations. We are starting to talk about you know, starting to record face-to-face together again, that will be very nice. But still, because of, you know, jobs and, and whatnot and transportation issues, this is still the most viable way for us to record. And we sound great thanks to RevNat and RevNat's hard cider. Uh, the official cider of Geek in the City Radio. Not that you guys needed to know that, but it, it's official now. I have said it. Back to the show. Mm. Mm. Sorry, not helping. Oh, I oh oh man! Yeah. This also makes me think we're going to see Ezra's parents. We're going to see the Bridgers at some point. Yeah, it goes well for them too. Mm-hmm. Wait, has it when when we first meet Ezra in Rebels? Hasn't he only been on his own for like a co- just a couple years? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I guess we could meet his parents like prior to him being born mm-hmm. or or very very young mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> sorry i i sidebarred we were we were moving to loki that's we are fine moving to loki so this one like yeah this episode picks right off where it ends with him with the other lokis right and he is um, at the the void at the end of time the void yes um where all things that are prune go to be eaten by a Guard dog cloud. Yeah, like a uh, like a cloud dragon monster. Who is, uh, if you know the comics, does has a tangential connection to Kang the Conqueror. Oh, does he? Yes. But I will say right off the bat, if episode six reveals that Kang is pulling the strings, I'm actually going to be very freaking annoyed. What is that? Because that is only appealing to Marvel, like to comic dorks like me. There's no payoff in terms of the narrative because no one would know who the fuck Kang is. Now, so, if you want to give me Kang as like an end credits teaser, fine. They, I haven't double checked this, but I have heard through uh, Marvel rumors, Kang is supposed to be the villain for um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania. Yeah. Uh, so they've already cast a Kang. Like, allegedly, I think it's one of those things that, like, there hasn't been an official announcement, but we all know it's what's-his-name from Lovecraft Country, the lead the lead star. <laughs> that actor was one who's... Um, I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, him. Okay. 
trying to think of his name and I'm not going to get there. So. Uh, Jonathan Majors. Okay. So, like, I think it's more likely that they will do a uh, a teaser or an end mm-hmm. credits Kang um, than it is he's been behind it the entire time. Right. Kang feels easy. I don't feel like this show is... Nothing about it so far has been, tells me it's going to be an easy solution. Easy or obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and again, if it doesn't necessarily make a lot of narrative sense, like just because we know that there's going to be a Kang, that Kang is going to appear in a different part of the franchise. mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the guy here. Right, I don't think he's going to be. I'm just saying, if they were to do that, that would be very annoying. Yeah, it would feel um, weird. Yeah, it's not earned at all. It's it's a, just a shout out to the old comic fans. That's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I think they've already done that shout out to old comics fans. This with, issue was packed yeah, with that shit. This with episode, Richard <laughs> E. Grant as classic Loki. So he good. was so good. He even got the pose down the the whole, and him going out yelling "glorious purpose!" Oh, uh, so good. Mm-hmm. That was that was a moment. Like I said, like I don't really know him from from anything really, but he he was great in this role in mm-hmm. like pr- playing out this this version of Loki that I don't really know anything about. Still loved it. It's right. how Loki has existed. Up until they cast Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. I mean, and he's rocking that diaper suit. Oh, man. It's the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are photos of the, there are selfies of himself uh, getting in and out of and in between that costume all over Twitter. He's just like, I'm having so much goddamn fun. It's like. I saw the one where he's like, when I was in my twenties, my dad gave me a hard time about, you know, playing adventures in ridiculous speedo suits or, you know, something like that. And like, Rock, here I am 40, a... 40 years yeah. later, still loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Richard E. Grant is one of those actors that you have probably seen him in a lot more things than you'd ever go. You'd look at his IMDb and go, Oh, I've seen that. Wait, he like was he's just one of those guys. Right. Yes yeah he's a uh he's a oh i have seen him here he's he the, in logan game of thrones oh everything but he has 138 acting credits just so you know most importantly he was in hudson hawk he was in spice world yes mm-hmm. like he takes absolutely ridiculous roles um but then he puts things together like well of course he was classic Loki who else could have been <clears throat> right. nobody mm-hmm. no one could have played that classic Loki uh, except Richard E. Grant yeah. well, he was in Downton Abbey and so now I, I think I can picture the character he played and I'm like mm-hmm. I mean perfect. if it was a British show or movie he's been in it because mm-hmm. like, like oh he was in Doctor Who I'm like why would yep. you think he wasn't in Doctor Who <laughs> The UK only has like 14 actors and they're all in everything together. Yep. I love it. I'm not, that is not a complaint or a bash. I am. Yeah. 
Um, watching Alligator Loki eat President Loki's hand was <laughs> magical. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's back up a little bit. We got so into Richard E. Grant. I, I do want to outline that all of the Lokis were pretty damn great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Boastful Loki, Kid Loki. Kid um, Loki. I love the way he, like, carts around that alligator. He's just like, like, come on, buddy. We got to get out of here. And is the only one that has killed Thor. I know. <laughs> oh, did you, do you see he... Hiddleston having, like, yet another existential crisis in this series when he hears that? So you know he's in the show, the episode, right? Who's in the episode? Hiddleston did a voice in this last episode. Or not Hiddleston, I'm sorry, um, uh, Hemsworth. Which voice? So remember when they're doing that Simpsons thing, when they're showing the dirt as they're traveling through the dirt to get to the uh-huh. episode? Mm-hmm. So Does he play his own Frog Thor? That voice of Frog Thor going, hey, hey. That was Hemsworth. He recorded new dialogue for that. That's fantastic. A, f- a fucking course. Which gives me hope that one day we may get an animated Pet Avengers movie. I want that so bad. You have no idea how bad I want it. Oh, I also saw a funny tweet about how like people were theorizing. Well, you know how you, in that scene of like passing through dirt, uh, you mm-hmm. see all those lunch trays, like cafeteria meal mm-hmm. trays. Um the thesis is people at the TVA, they don't want to bust their trays back to wherever you mm-hmm. put them when you're done at the cafeteria. So just, fucking, just... just fucking prune your tray and they all just are piling up yeah. forever and ever. This thing had such great little shout outs like the Polybus arcade in the background. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the fact the that Kid Thanos Loki copter. The Thanos copter. I had to rewind to make sure I saw this, but yes, Kid Loki is drinking Ecto Cooler, which was fantastic. That was a chef's kiss moment. Oh, for me. is that his juice? His juice box? No, but that's something. If you were a certain kid during like the early '90s of a certain age, all you wanted was Ghostbusters Ecto Cooler mm-hmm. from High C. Like. That company threatened, like one time joked about bringing Ecto Cooler back when the all women Ghostbusters movie came out. They're like, well, maybe we should bring back Ecto Cooler. And like the internet of a certain age group lost their mind. And then they brought it back. They did. And it was delicious. I, I was way out of that age group, but I was still, you know, I was the 15, 16 year old. It was like, I'm going to go buy some Ecto Cooler. Yep. Another. I wouldn't call it an Easter egg, but just like a little thing that I noticed. And I don't know if I missed it in earlier episodes or what, but um, in the TVA, some of their structures have these like logos on them. It's, it's an hourglass. It's two inverted triangles, you know, Mm, pointing mm -hmm. towards each other, but it's a continuous line. So it is, it is both an hourglass and a Mobius strip slash also like the eternity, you know, Mm -hmm. double loop. Uh, because the slogan is for all time, always. Always, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's uh, so clever. How did I not catch that? That's cool. I'm starting to buy in more and more on uh, Mobius being a Loki. He doesn't know it. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Because because Loki survive, and why out of everyone ever pruned, did Mobius survive. Mobius go to the void? Oh, also shout out to the USS Eldritch, which is one of the greatest old <laughs> urban legends of all time. I had the, to learn about that one after the, the battleship. Fact. Yeah, I don't know this. It's the one. There's so many different versions of it, but it's allegedly the one 
that during World War II, if I remember correctly, the U.S. was testing out different types of atomic power. And there are all these rumors that the USS Eldritch was the ship this was being tested on during the era of the Manhattan Project. And in the middle of the Pacific, in, an ex- in a, like a nuclear blast, it vanished. And the government has spent decades wiping out all the existence of the USS Eldritch. Its crew, everyone Hundreds. connected to it, everything. Huh. The fact that it would be named the USS Eldritch just tells right away, like, well, no, this is clearly a bullshit story, regardless of what you believe in, like, <laughs> weird science technology. The Navy would never name something like, okay, hear me out. You're, you're <laughs> just asking for your ship to get disappeared in the ocean. Yeah, it's like, calling a, it's like calling your submarine the USS Cthulhu and being like, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. Naming your plane the Earhart. Yeah. Although now, damn it, I want to write a story about the USS Cthulhu. We already know how it's going to end. Do we? <laughs> it's wrapped in Eldritch Mysteries. Um, I, yeah, Mobius being a, a low-key variant is an interesting theory. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, I'm also really starting to believe that um, Ravona is the villain. And I also starting to think that Ravona is a Loki. And wants to be the Loki. That's the obsession with hunting down Loki variants. Um, I suppose if they're playing like a really long, a really long game, because Ravona's been in the TVA since she was pretty young. Yeah. Well, so she would have had to like infiltrated under a different persona and what like. Is, what would not be the greatest mischievous get off joke of all time if you play the longest game possible that starts at the beginning of time and ends where time ends? Mm hmm. I don't uh I don't like discount that it's it's possible and that there is logic to that, but I don't personally see it. Mm-hmm. I just like doing it. No, it's just fun. Um I'm still gonna go with it it is it is a Loki variant, the timekeeper in charge of everything. And their end goal is to get our variant Loki to a place where he has moved beyond himself because that's what's going to break time and space and reality so that all of the Lokis can be alive. Right. I almost wish that I had watched anything that Loki features in up until that, you know, that part of the Avengers movie. Mm hmm. Because I, because that that part I feel is like not maybe not obvious, but like the bare minimum of the purpose of this show is to identify how Loki went from being a villain to kind of a good guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting that like we know where the the MCU's timeline goes with Loki, and how he went from Thor to Avengers to Dark World um, to Ragnarok and then to Infinity War, what that arc was and how he became the hero. I feel like um, our TVA Loki is actually an even more enlightened version of that. Mm -hmm. He's 
the other one got to end up becoming the hero because he enjoyed doing like he was getting the same attention, but now he was doing it for doing good things. Whereas the TVA Loki is done nothing but introspection Mm -hmm. and come to very, you know, like has had very painful realizations Mm -hmm. and especially in this episode, there's like so many moments of like, Oh, there's the like, how is he doing that? While old Loki is, is like literally just like bringing up entire cities to distract the Elias. Right. How is he doing that? I, I think we're stronger than we realize. Mm-hmm. Like just mm-hmm. out of, out of nowhere. Like you, you don't, I don't feel like you necessarily see him kind of processing these things throughout the course of the episode up until that point. Cause it's kind of chaotic. Yep. But, but, yeah. But Sylvie wasn't there for these other instances of these other Lokis using their powers. So she doesn't understand. And he's like, I think we just have more than, than we think we do. Mm-hmm. But then right around, you turn right around and Sylvie's like, you're going to help me do this enchantment. And he's like, I don't know how to do it. And she's like, I know you can because we're the same. Mm-hmm. Which, ah. Right. So good. <laughs> Yeah. That by itself, even like independent of like you know a Loki not knowing his own power or this and that, just the just the concept of like we are the same is such a, I think such a special moment for someone like Loki who doesn't really have at this point in the character's you know timeline, I guess not a lot of like positive strong relationships like yeah he's got his brother and they love each other but also they try to kill each other and shit so mm-hmm. well loki tries to kill him thor has never yes. tried yes. to kill loki no. you know what i mean um he tries to kill everyone in his family more or less there's a time he, he turns into a snake and he knows that i can't resist snakes and i picked him up he went, oh, a snake and i picked him. So that was such a good joke <laughs> they went ah it's me loki stop me we were ten <laughs> like you were 10 you were 10 over a thousand years ago dude <laughs> and that is from an actual myth that is from one of the north story north stories that, that's yeah. great i love that it was i can't resist snakes i picked it up <laughs> i mean who can resist a snake which always like that entire bit just made me sit there going but that's is that why you get eaten by the Jorgamander? <laughs> because you just can't resist snakes? <laughs> you weren't fighting it. You were just trying to pet it the whole time. <laughs> it's like, that's okay. Um, cool. <laughs> cool. Cool, 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 uh, yeah. In the chat, Norm is, is pointing out, like, I think this is the episode where Loki... I th- I think there's a typo in here, but what I think Norm is saying is that I think this is the one where Loki realizes that he loves Sylvie. And they do have some good moments together. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, Bex says, if they get to the Citadel and there's not a Loki, or if there's a Loki when he's not dressed as Oz, uh, they're going to be disappointed. <laughs> and I, now that you've put it in my head, I too will be disappointed. <laughs> very, very specifically, Bex will be Low key disappointed. Uh, oh no! I think Bex and I should go drinking and making <laughs> bad puns. 
that will end well. Yes. Gloriously. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where they're going. I, I am too. I have it my looks like thoughts. a magical city. It's, um, oh man, it actually has a name. It's from the comics. I'm trying to remember. Is it just the Citadel? Ah, I can't remember now. But keep talking. I'm going to look it up because it's right Um, did I did I point this out last week that if you look at the on uh, Disney Plus where it um, where it shows you that like you can watch <laughs> the Marvel Universe in chronological order of when it happens, so right. like it starts with Captain America and then goes to Captain Marvel and then mm-hmm. everything. When you get to the end of it, it ends with Endgame, and then the first show that takes place after Endgame is Loki and then WandaVision and then uh, yeah. Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, yeah, they apparently have been working on this show longer also. Interesting. But that COVID stuff slowed them down a lot. Um, oh, that's what's that. Uh, go ahead. I thought, I thought Loki belonged at at Avengers. That was where he was taken from, but where this is all, but to their timeline, it still takes place as part of Endgame because it was the Avengers story. Yeah. Where they were going back and back and forth through time. Yeah. Oh, right. Gotcha. All right. Uh, The thought is that that city is uh, Chronopolis. Chronopolis? Yeah. Which is the home of Kang. But I don't know. That looks like Hogwarts to me, but I know that's not going <laughs> to. I hope not. That, well, place yes. is de- that place is dead to me. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, part of me, I've been sleeping really badly lately, but part of me is like, do I just stay up till midnight tonight? Don't do that. No, I won't do that. Because then I'll still wake up at six in the morning and yeah. be useless all of Wednesday. I have to get up and go to work. I would say I was I was almost tempted, but that yawn indicates no, no, I'm not. I'm <laughs> and I'm going to go to bed. Oh right, I'm already tired. <laughs> also, right. So since none of us watched uh, Black Widow, oh, that's right. You had a fun uh, exercise for us. Yeah, I I right. wanted to see if we could play the game of what do we all think Black Widow is actually about even though we don't know anything about the movie. <laughs> Damn it. I meant to watch the trailer again because I hadn't seen it in a while just as like a, a primer for this particular activity. And I didn't I mean, do that. So. Pretty much all, all the trailers show you is it takes place somewhere in Europe. It has... Um, Hopper. Hmm? It has Hopper. Because um, now we know what happened to him at the end of season three of Stranger Things. He That's became right. a Russian superhero. He became yeah. the red. He became the red guardian. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rachel Amanda, Weiss is Amanda Pugh. Rachel White, yeah, yeah. 
Florence. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh, not Pugh. Amanda Pugh. As opposed to Florence Pugh Pugh. Yeah. Yes. Are um, you confusing her with Amanda Seyfried? Maybe. Yeah, that's, I, I they, can see that. Do yeah. they look alike? Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're generic white girls. And blonde. <laughs> um, one of them is a much better... Never mind, that was mean of me. See, one's a much better performer than the other. Really? Seyfried's good. I'm thinking of somebody else. I think you are. I think thinking of mean, a different Amanda. I mean, Amanda Seyfried is probably the second worst performer in Les Mis. I'll give you that. Yeah, but she's great in Jennifer's body. Yes. And she's great in Mean Girls. Oh, yeah, she's really good in that. Um, uh, okay, so maybe she's not a bad performer. Definitely a bad, not a good singer. Maybe I'm thinking of Amanda Bynes. Oh, you're thinking of Amanda Bynes. Amanda okay. Bynes is not a good actor. Who thinks no. about Amanda Bynes anymore? No one. <laughs> I was thinking of Amanda. I was thinking of the other Amanda, but then when my brain went not a good actor, I think my brain then turned into Amanda Bynes. Yep. Uh, I think this is all about Natasha cleaning up the red room shit. Mm-hmm. I I know that the movie takes place in the '90s, so when it gets set along that uh, chronology <laughs> on watching it in order that means it goes captain america captain marvel a black widow apparently it doesn't it apparently takes place between infinity war and endgame what how come she's so airbrushed then or i could be wrong i'm not sure that is not what i have heard so so in my head, it's the. Um... Oh, okay, hold on. So set during Natasha's childhood, the credits prologue is 1995. After that, the bulk of the movie takes place right after Civil War. Oh, oh, after oh. Civil War. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. There we go. Very well. Kevin uh, Saxon, am I confusing it with Amanda Hug and Kiss? That could also be the other Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bart. Uh, I did want to make so apparently uh, David Harbour's wife, when they asked her like how they felt about him getting kind of jacked to play Red Guardian, she was apparently not a fan. What she was like, I miss my wonderfully soft and cuddly husband. I don't, and and he doesn't get super ripped and yeah, as Red Guardian. The whole point is that he's you know a little bit chunkier now. But she's like, nope, nope, nope. She's not a fan of the the Marvel workout plan. Yeah, no. She's like, nope. I want my dad bod husband back. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess the internet wasn't lying. <laughs> the only time it didn't. <laughs> so that's my only goal: it's just to beef up a little bit, but you know, keep the tum tum. Yeah. Can't believe forty five years old. And I just said keep the tum tum. I wasn't gonna say anything. I'm logging off now. I hate my life. That was awful of me. I have noticed there's been an uptick of um, dad bod cosplayers uh, playing Red Guardian to these spelts, 20 and 30 year old women playing Black Widow. It's like, great. They're like, yeah, this is awesome. Wait, wait, wait. This body for this. Wait, go back. I want to make sure I'm understanding you clearly. People are cosplaying as characters who have dad bod or people with dad bod are getting into cosplay. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
like any any time that there's a superhero or character that is actually human formed they're like yes i can do that that's very nice i mean like the easiest one was as soon as captain america had a beard so many dudes with beards are like i can be cap now <laughs> right like cap's not clean shaven i i, I can be cap which, I mean, I've added to my now it's added to my list. Now I can add Red Guardian because right now my three options are uh, Fat Thor, apparently, uh, Prince Voltan, which is still a goal one day, mm-hmm. uh, and now Red Guardian. I've not had the mental or emotional energy to think about good cosplay in a couple years now. You don't yeah, want me right. to cosplay as Prince Voltan because. The last thing you need is me channeling Brian Blessed like all day long. <laughs> I I think I might have to get drunk, get a wig and a mustache and be a Prince Baron to your Prince of Old Town. Oh, well, now we're doing it. <laughs> that means Bean has to be Flash. Well, yeah. I guess. That means Bean is a wig. You're in a blonde wig and a Flash Gordon shirt. I mean, it's a pretty easy cosplay. I'll, I'll give you that. Remember, I tell people, quarterback, New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's easy enough, I suppose. <laughs> Just work on my cheesy grin. No, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go for Ming. Ooh, there you go. I mean, That's something. In my mind, the idea of cosplay is to be a, at least a little bit challenged by it. So, yeah. right. Which Damn, is why, why I, I said, don't do it. That's why I said Prince Baron rather than Ming. It's like I have the haircut for Ming, but Prince Baron would be a challenge. And we all know that Cable can rock the mustache. We saw it during the Tombstone commentary. Hmm. Ah, yes. Cowboy Cable. I mean, now hold on. Like I love Cable, and I don't want to like diminish the compliment, but we all looked good in those mustaches. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's true. But I feel like <laughs> Cable was the most committed out of all of them. You know, you give me a bit, and I will commit to the bit. <laughs> Uh, have we gone through better. Loki here? <laughs> I think so. We, no, we were done with Loki. We, yeah, we were, we were talking done about, with Loki. We Black were trying Widow. to do what? Try, what is the oh, version right, of the Black Widow Black that you Widow watched thing. in your? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. my version of the Black Widow, it's. Uh, I thought it was set in the nineties, and she was like cleaning house. Um. Uh. And that okay. at the end of all of this, basically, I, I still think that Florence Pugh is going to be the new Black Widow for the rest of the movies. Meh. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. damn it. It's, uh, yeah. So I was going to posit that what it is, is like they're retconning, you know, like what a big deal it was when, when she just like forces herself, forces her hand, forces, blah. So her, Hawkeye, on the cliff of, like, fate or whatever, and they're, mm-hmm. like, fighting endlessly, this, like, 10-minute knockout fest to be the one to go over the cliff. And her argument was that, like, you've got a kid, you've got kids and a family, like, it can't be you, I have nobody. Um, you know, and people were upset that basically you're you're reducing women to to having children to, to have value. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, and I was thinking, and I just spoiled myself on it and now i'm gonna spoil y'all spoil um yeah this the the florence Pugh character is gonna be like basically like her daughter that she never had and is like someone that she's gonna like help train and groom in in her you know ninja spy ways 
like little and they're gonna have like a mother no no i'm so if you go if if i was pulling up the wikipedia to get some of the details and yes it is 1995 russian undercover agents who pose as a normal family oh no i'm sorry i totally misread that they are they are sisters they are they're playing sisters Mm-hmm. In this, uh, in as you know, they're in the middle of their spy stuff. I don't know. I, I felt like the Florence Pugh character looks a goodly deal younger than uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, and I thought it was going to be sort of like a, you know, like a daughter, mother daughter like relationship. Right. Yeah. Well, Rachel Weiss is supposed to be their mother, and I'm like, how is? I mean, yes, I guess. I mean, how old is Rachel Weiss? She's fifty one. And Father Johansson's thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. Not out of the realm of possibility. Nope. I'm thirty-seven, and my mom is still in her fifties. I mean, and also remember, like they're set up as like I don't think it's a biological family thing. They're set up like remember this? You ever watch the series The Americans? Oh hell yeah! Mm-hmm. I think no, that's no, the, I get that they're not. Yeah, but like the like the the Soviets like built this family and then sent them to live in America. Well, technically, they paired two people together, but they got for real married and for real had kids. Right. I'm, yes. I mean, I mean, in Black Widow. Anyway. Um, what else? Wait, that what means else? their household has two spies. Because her husband is uh, James Bond. Rachel Weiss is she's married to Daniel Craig. Oh, that's oh. right. Uh-huh. It's a whole family of spies. Yeah. Right, because I, I forgot that she divorced Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, they got married in 2000. Um, I'm literally looking at her page, 2011. So. I don't know. 2020 was 16 years long. I keep this saying is also, This is also true. Yes. Oh, I'm going to save it. Another tab. Also, watching Black Widow is going to make me just want to watch rewatch the Mummy. That's if I need any other reasons to always rewatch the Mummy. <laughs> it's the Mummy. She's so maybe good in that. Movie. Re- maybe we just all rewatch the Mummy instead. And <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like, I was pretty. I was always under the impression that the Black Widow movie, when it when it finally came, was basically just going to be um, Red Sparrow. Oh, did you watch that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I I'm still in the the camp of the argument that if they had filmed and produced, filmed and put out Black Widow when it should have been, Scarlett Johansson would have never have done Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Plus, she already did Lucy, also, so it's yeah. not like. She was hangering for like a, I need to do another action thriller. Lucy, is that the one with Angelina Jolie? No. No, that's salt. Ah, okay. Lucy's pretty good. At least I remember enjoying Lucy. I don't remember if I saw it or not at this point. Yeah. It's it's another Luc Besson film. Yeah. So it takes a lot of familiar tropes and then has a conversation about evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of his jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he always plays around with um, some heavy, some loose sci-fi because he wants to talk about 
trying to get us to a place where we're making ourselves better. That's sweet. Not going to happen. I mean, That's sweet. You know, when he's not, you know, trying to date fifteen-year-olds. Oh, okay. Well, then, fuck whatever you think. Yeah, that that's a <laughs> that's a relatively new thing that was discovered. So, mm. yeah. oh yeah, I'm not taking better society advice from that guy. Yeah, I believe he actually had a kid with her too when he was like 32. So, Jesus Christ! I do believe the answer they actually gave was, "Well, it's France," because this was many years ago. Because he's much older than 32 now. But I was like, "Oh, oh yeah." Right. Like he was also married to Mila Jovovich. Yeah. When she was very young. Oh yeah. Like fifth element. They got married. They were in a relationship during fifth element. Uh, it's also. Right. That's why she was the lead for uh, his uh, Jean of Arc movie. Right. Yep. Yeah. Fifth element was 97. And she's 45 now. Yeah, so she's basically my age. So at 97, she was 22. Mm. I mean, legal adult at least. Right. And a lot closer to having your brain fully formed than 15. Yeah. She'd also been working in movies and modeling since she was 15. Yeah, so. she's probably been around creepy old white dudes for most of her young yeah. life. Yeah. Yep. Which is why she is crazy protective of her daughter, who is also in modeling, but, you know, mom's kind of there to make sure that mistake, the same thing doesn't happen kind of thing. <clears throat> and, and mom now also has the uh, reputation of being, it's like, oh, she's one of the foremost action stars in movies. Yep. She has she, she has her own clout now. She mm-hmm. is the most profitable female action star in history. That's because the movies impressive. may not do well here, but in Europe, South America, and Asia, them Resident Evil movies make a fucking killing. Mm-hmm. Do they not do well here? I thought they were pretty popular. No. They do well enough. Not really. I mean, how I many times? Not, I know how many times can Becca and I go see film. Resident Evil? I mean, that's kind of. <laughs> Half the U.S. grosses for any Resident Evil movie comes from myself and Becca. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and maybe Merrick, because doesn't she like him too? I also like them. But oh, yes. that is on cable, the four of us. We make up 50% of Resident Evil's domestic earnings in the box. And, and my coworker Eric. Wait, five. Also five of you. Five. Yep. We keep adding to it. Yep. Money to see a Resident Evil before? All of them? No. Si- no. I I will say that I did watch the uh, Resident Evil series on Netflix. This anime, I it's not. Oh yeah, how was that? Two hour movie. Yeah. Um, No, and I didn't think it was very good. That's because it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) And that's coming from the guy who likes all the Resident Evil movies. I like all of them except Nemesis. Nemesis is, or the second movie after yeah, the one with the Nemesis. That's Nemesis. Nemesis. I actually God would awful. like to watch all of them, but they're not all available for streaming. They are for me. Yep. I, I think that's. Them? Yeah. It's confusing because Resident Evil 3, the video game, is called Nemesis. And then they call Resident Evil 2, the movie, Nemesis. No, that's it's, why a, it's confusing. No, it's called Apocalypse. 
Is it? Yeah, because Paul, the director, I was going to make sure I get it right. Paul W.S. W.S. Anderson. Yeah. He went through this thing where he was naming all his sequels either Apocalypse or Annihilation because Mortal Kombat 2 was Annihilation. Resident Evil 2 was Apocalypse. And AVP 2, I believe, was called Apocalypse or Annihilation. 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 It's Annihilation. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. Uh, oh, yeah. So here we go. Films in order. Resident Evil, RE Apocalypse, Extinction, Afterlife, Retribution, The Final Chapter, but then Welcome to Raccoon City. That's the new one they're doing right after now. The, after the final. Oh, yeah, that, one is the total, that one's the reboot. Ah. That is allegedly going to follow closer to the actual games now. Hmm. Anyway, order and now the video games. Now we're just nerding out for. Now we're just on the internet. Uh, Let's see. I I just remembered. I'm wrong. I don't know that we can watch Black Widow. Oh, I can't watch Black Widow this week. But something else comes out tomorrow that we've talked about before. What gunpowder milkshake? It's. Yeah. Oh shit, we gotta review that for the show next week then. I'm gonna put that on my damn calendar. Nice, okay. So that should be fun. Yeah, I'm super jazzed for that. And apparently Netflix already greenlit a sequel. That's what I heard. Nice. They also um ordered a pilot for something is killing children. I saw that. That's uh, a comic book, right? It yeah, is from Boom. Uh, Paul, or not Paul, um, James Tinney in the fourth and Werther Del Erda. Did we read that yeah. one? Did we review it? I don't think we've ever reviewed it. I've been no, reading it. Yeah. It's, I love it. I like it a lot. Yeah. I don't remember reading it. So, like, if we didn't review it, it must just be like super popular that I know the name and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a comic book. Yeah. It's, I think Same. it got optioned a couple months ago because it, it hit a, there was a spike in speculation yeah uh, buying and then it got mm. announced a couple of days ago uh, that netflix is doing the pilot yeah and i believe it's going to be directed by the person who directed dr sleepless which was actually pretty damn good i was not expecting it to be that good interesting yeah wait uh the the shining the sequel. Ste- dr sleep okay dr sleep i'm sorry jeez well, i was like what what is that Stop confusing me. Also, you know what else he directed, Bean? I think now that I think about it, it was like one of the first horror movies we ever had like three bottles of wine and watched together. Uh, It was uh, Oculus. Oculus. Yeah. We got hammered watching that one, but I remember liking it. No, it's good. It's (laughs) like 2013 or something. It's a a very unique premise that's not like super tired and... With Karen Gillan. And it's got Karen Gillan. Hell yeah. I do remember that movie. I watched yeah. it. It was, it was all right. No, I don't think I was. I didn't think I it was give over it the extra moon. Po- I give it extra points for Karen Gillan. Right. Sure. I think I watched it because of Karen Gillan. Probably. Like, well, I already know who you are. Let's see if you can act outside of Doctor Who. Oh, you can. It was Karen Gillan and Katie Sackhoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, should we wrap up the show? Uh, it's about no. that time. All right. All right so see. next week, 
the next week we're gonna talk about gunpowder milkshake and maybe black widow let's do a gunpowder milkshake for sure and then probably we're gonna we may not do bad batch because i feel like gunpowder milkshake and the loki finale are gonna take up most of our time i agree on it. i think yeah. you're right about that so well thanks everybody i'm trying to get guests yeah we're working on it oh yeah uh other other people rucka said he wants to try to come back on his schedule has been nuts so i gotta i gotta hit him up again about it'd be really good to see him again yeah uh well especially never mind thought i read an article but i'm not sure i read an article okay oh okay um uh That can be an off-air thing. It's fine. Uh, Wait. Uh, what? What's going oh, on? Oh, no. It, it was confirmed. Sci-fi.com. It's real. Yeah. Uh, Old Guard 2 is happening. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, well, with that, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Vainerita. And I'm Cable Hushitani. We will talk to everybody next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>